0: I didn't know that I always wanted to be a chef. The thing that I knew was that I loved the experience that my grandmother would provide because I saw how she could change the entire dynamic of everyone's day and just bring the love with food. That was the one thing that brought everybody together and that's what I admire. Even as a chef today, it's not about the technical cooking. It's about feeding people because I know if you had a bad day by the time you finish my meal, all of that's going to be out the window. And I love making people smile, if it's laughing, if it's anything funny or just food. So that's my gift to the world. I make people smile with food.
1: Welcome to The Blueprint, the podcast for the world's visionaries and dreamers. I'm your host, Chika Chukudabelo. In today's episode, we talk to someone who specializes in one of my favorite subjects of all time, food. Jamika Pessoa is a celebrity chef who rose to the national stage through her appearance on the TV show The Next Food Network Star. Since then, she's gone on to co host the TLC show Homemade Simple and ABC's The Chew. With all of her TV appearances, you might be surprised to know that she started her career in the boardroom and not the kitchen.
0: When I graduated from college, I had a degree in marketing, I wanted to be Miss Corporate America. Like that's what I thought. Like I wanted to be in the office, put on the suit, all that kind of stuff. And I got there and it was just like, this is not what it looked like on TV. I don't like this. I mean, it was a lot of, that I mean, I was chained to my desk a lot, a lot of phone calls, tons of meetings. I still don't understand why we were having meetings about meetings upon meetings, bored the pants off of me. I hated that. And it was like, I felt stuck because it was like, okay, I graduated college, my parents paid all this money for school, got this degree. This is not what I want. Can I really live the rest of my life like this? I'm 20 something. And then the best day of my life came when because I was in I moved to Atlanta to start working at this marketing company and they were doing cutbacks and they were laying people off. And I still remember they sat everybody down and they were like, well they sat a few of us down and they said, well we can you can stay but you'll take a pay cut or we can go. And I was the only person in the room, and I was like, this is my chance. And I raised my hand and said, I want to lay me off. And everybody looked at me like I was crazy. And it was the best blessing
1: ever. Finally free from the corporate world, Jamika set out to figure out what she was going to do next.
0: When I got laid off, it was, okay, what are we going to do? And I sat down and I made a list of all the things I was good at. And, and things I love to do. And it's just like the food just kept coming up in mm. different, just popping up in different areas because that was the only thing that I'm good at. Mm. I really feel like everybody's good at something that they don't even have to try. Mm. You know, if it's just doing hair or, or singing, like that's just your God's gift. And that was mine, I didn't really have to try. It was just everything kind of tasted good. It was, it was edible, it was good.
1: Having decided that food is where her talents lay, she made the choice to go back to school.
0: I was in Atlanta so I went to the Art Institute of Atlanta and cuz I mean I'd I'd heard the commercials I'd seen you know different things and I had the information but I just kind of tucked it away didn't really think about it mm-hmm. and I went there and I just saw it and I was like I think I can do this mm-hmm. and everything just started happening I got scholarships I didn't even know I qualified for the admissions was amazing and I started that first day and I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Dumpy white hat and baggy chef pants. I found a huge part of myself in that kitchen.
1: Since mom and dad paid for the first undergraduate degree, Jamaica was a little apprehensive about letting them know about her decision to switch careers. <laughs> when I told my dad that I
0: was gonna go to culinary school and be a chef, he's like, all in America, where you get you make less money with two degrees than you have with one. All, I don't understand you. <laughs> I'm like, dad, this will work. And he was like, you know how much chefs make? And I was like, it doesn't matter, dad. It'll work out, trust me. So he was, my parents were not on board in the very beginning.
1: Armed with proper culinary training, she set out to get her first job in that industry.
0: I'm a big dreamer and I'm like, okay, if I'm gonna get a job, I'm gonna get a job. So I started at the top of the list and I went to the Ritz Carlton, five-star hotel in Atlanta, one of the largest hotels, monumental in terms of everything that they're known for. And I'm like, I'm gonna get a job there. Mind you, I know nothing. So I walk in, I fluff up my resume to try and make it look like something, and I meet with the executive chef. And I go on and on, like I'm so dedicated, I'm determined, I'm this, I'm that, I'm a hard worker. And he looks at me and is like, that's the biggest load of bull I've ever heard, but I like your smile, show up on Monday. And that's how I got my job.
1: (laughs) The job at the Ritz-Carlton was prestigious, but it wasn't cushy. It was demanding physically and mentally. starting at the top was great preparation for Jamaica eventually striking out on her own
0: i still remember i had a plan everybody if you're gonna quit your job you better get a plan Mm -hmm. it was may 26 2006 i walked out of that door i had money i I worked overtime upon overtime to save all my money because i knew that i wanted to start my own business Mm -hmm. and i'd worked in so many different kitchens to learn what i liked and what i didn't like it was to the point with my personality and i want to cook and enlighten people and have fun with food, but I don't want to be taking that serious. I'm not the serious kind of chef. I don't take myself that seriously. Like how you see on TV with chefs screaming, that's not who I am. I like to enjoy being in the kitchen. So that's why I decided to be a personal chef.
1: Having made the decision that a personal chef was the kind of chef she wanted to be, she realized that the kind of people who hire personal chefs are people with a lot of money, and she didn't know those kinds of people. But a chance encounter on a girl's night out would change all of that.
0: My first client came, once again, I say by accident, but I know it was God that set everything up. I was out with some girlfriends. A friend of mine dragged me out. I was like, let's go out. It's this new place, this new happy hour. And I'm like, I don't really want to go. She dragged me out. Okay, fine. So then we're kind of hanging out and it's a group of guys. And she was like, "Cause and they were like big kind of burly guys." She was like, "Ooh, he looks like football players. Let's go." Now, granted, I think she was a groupie of sorts, but it kind of worked out. <laughs> so she starts talking to one, and then I start talking to the other, just in casual. I'm not thinking about business. I'm just like, I really want to go home. But okay, I'm humoring her. And he starts talking. He's like, "So what do you do?" And it turns out, and I told him I was a personal chef. And it turns out he was a former Falcons player. And he was like, yeah, well, if you're a chef, my mom's birthday's coming up. You you think you could do something for her? Mind you, I would never done anything with anybody, but I was like, yeah, of course I can do this and I can do that. Like, I've memorized my menus. Like in my head, I have cooked for millions of people, but I haven't physically done it. But I'm like, yeah, I could do this. This will be great. So he was like, okay, well, here's my address and you come over on whatever day and cook. And I was like, wait, did I just get my first client?
1: This first job led to bigger events for Jamaica, but it was always important to her to be smart about her resources. So even when she started booking bigger jobs, she made a point of doing most of it herself.
0: I remember when I did the BET Hip Hop Awards, it the first awards in Atlanta. And once again, I got a call and they were like, yeah, can you do this? And they're like, yeah, originally they called me for 150 people. And I was like, I could do that in my sleep. And then two days before the show, they called and said, can you do it for 500? Yeah, that's what I said. Ooh, and I, I'm like, I can't tell BET no. So I said, yeah, sure. And I literally got all my stuff together. I built a whole makeshift kitchen in my house. I had my bathtub. I turned the air conditioning down to like fifty something degrees. I had, I oh, but sixty pounds of shrimp on ice in my bathtub. I had like asparagus on ice that I had to grill, like 20 pounds of that in my window seal. I cooked literally for 24 hours straight. I knew that at that time I could not call in anybody, pay somebody else to do it. I literally had to cook for myself. And when it came to serving, I asked two of my girlfriends, can you just put on an apron? They didn't cook anything, they do nothing about it. I was like, just smile and offer the tray. If anybody has a question, come find me. Uh But I had to do that for myself. (laughs) Exactly. But I said to myself, well, I'm at three in the morning, I'm grilling asparagus and shrimp and everything else. If I can do this, I can do anything. And it's those little things. If you are faithful in the little, the big is no problem because you've already done that.
1: All of this exposure combined led to her biggest break.
0: Food Network came because, um, once again... I had somebody that was, she wasn't working directly with Food Network, but she knew the auditions were were coming up. She was like, you should really try out for this show. And and a lot of people don't know, I tried out, this was for Next Food Network Star, it's called Food Star Now. But I tried out for the show years prior and didn't hear anything. So I was like, "Uh, do I really wanna do it? And she was like, no, you should try out. But she was like, you're so great in person, forget that video stuff, you need to go to them. Now, but they weren't having auditions in Atlanta. They were having auditions in Charleston, South Carolina. Okay. Yes. So, and here's one, one thing I know is you can read about me on paper, but if I get in your office, I'm going to win you over for whatever it is. So I'm like, I have to get to Charleston. So I jump in the car <laughs> and Charleston was what, like five something hours from, from Atlanta. And well, let me say this, because this is a very important point. He's my husband now, but we were dating at that time. And I told him about it. Now he did not even live in the same state. He lived in Tennessee. And he was like, you get lost in the parking lot. No, I'm coming to drive with you. So he drove all the way to Atlanta, got in the car, and then drove me to Charleston, South Carolina. I I was numb, and it's, it's so important to have somebody that supports and backs you, but I was number two in line. For the audition. I was looking around like you would think this was American Idol. People were like standing around and nervous, and I'm like, what the heck did I just walk into? So I get in the audition room, and here's how things once again, it was God. Prior to that, I'd done a commercial for the Art Institute as an alumni. They were like, yeah, you have a great success story. Come do a commercial for us. It was no big deal. I didn't think anything of it. It was like, 30 second commercial no big deal and they had the auditions at the art institute of charleston so i go into the room and the lady's like what's your name and i tell her my name and then like magic on the tv screen above us the commercial plays Wow! and i was like oh there's my commercial and she looked up and she looked at me and she looked up again she's like yeah i don't need to hear anything else you come back tomorrow I didn't say three words in that initial audition. Not. A, I guess the Lord knew I was going to screw it up. I did
1: not say a word. Jamika's appearance on the next Food Network star gave her career a boost with the exposure that came when she placed fourth in the competition. Celebrity clientele rolled in and included names like Vanessa Williams and Usher. She also got cooking gigs on the Today Show and the Steve Harvey Morning Show. But all these developments didn't happen overnight.
0: Of course, everybody tells you the highlights mm-hmm. of things. Like, yeah, my first client was here, and then I worked for Mario, and Monique came and, Like, But all of that did not occur within one month, right. two <laughs> months, three months. Uh-huh. It doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there were a lot of times, because I'm, I'm just starting out, and I'm not working full-time anymore. So I'm kind of like sitting in my home office... You're kind of waiting for the phone to ring and then you're also trying to figure out what do I do? How do I hustle this? Where do I go? Who do I put myself in front of? And then after you feel like you've done that, then you kind of sit and then the voices start talking to you. Like, Mm -hmm. you really think you're going to do this? Do you really think that this can happen? And then because the phone isn't ringing Mm -hmm. and it's a matter of what did I just do? Should I have gotten my job back? What it's you're going to have that time and you're going to start to question everything about yourself. And should I have done this? Can we do this? How is this supposed to work? And then you may even have the naysayer saying, people, outside people saying, what are you doing? Cause they don't understand it. They don't see the vision. So there was a lot of, of times just sitting on the floor, rocking back and forth, like, there's gotta be more. This has to work. This has... So yes, it was not all, this did not take place overnight. It was like, I would get clients and then we didn't work for a while. And it was like, okay, you gotta keep moving.
1: Despite her doubts, Jamika has always been focused on why she does what she does.
0: I didn't see anybody that I could identify with to say, I want to bottle my career after this person. So my vision was after to do the personal chef thing, stand out for myself and so that people can not only see a female chef, but a young black chef doing her thing in her own way.
1: And today, Jamika's fulfilling her goal of showing a generation of young black girls that chefs can look like them too. And that's just one part of her life's purpose.
0: My purpose is to feed people. And on the surface, as a chef, it sounds like physically cooking food. I realize now it's much greater than that. It is to feed people encouragement, motivation, inspiration, feed your soul. Because I tell people, it's not, I'm, I don't care about being the greatest chef in the world. The type of foods that I do and what I do in the kitchen, it's not, it's so bigger, it's so much bigger than food. And the crazy thing is I told my manager and he looked at me like I was nut the other day. I don't want my first book to be a cookbook. I really want it. I'm not, I know that I'm not going through all of this Well, let me say this. I know I'm going through all this for somebody else. Mm -hmm. So for everybody that's struggling with, oh, well, this is so hard, or why is this happening to me? Because you're supposed to help somebody else with it. Mm -hmm. So this entire journey from starting over from scratch, to reinventing, to creating, to going on TV, to so many different things, Mm -hmm. it's all to tell a story to motivate somebody else to say, well, if she can do that, then I can do that and so much more.
1: Although Jameika is still working on fulfilling her dream, she's always been confident that her steps are ordered. She and her husband took the leap of faith and moved from Atlanta to Los Angeles to get closer to Jamika's goal of getting her own television show. For Jamika, she attributes all of her life's blessings to God's favor over her life. She remembers keenly the times when her future was filled with boring corporate settings and no exciting chef clients to speak of. As badly as she wanted her life to change, the major big breaks happened in ways that really had very little to do with her. Now it's your turn. If you're in a job that feels like a dead end to you and you have the chance to pick any role in the world, what would it be? What kind of possibility would make you so excited you're almost afraid to say it out loud? Tweet us at ShowMeBlueprint and tell us your dream career. You can also go to our website, www.blueprintshow.com and click on the Contact Us tab to send us your message. Make sure you never miss an episode of The Blueprint by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. If you like us, go ahead and give us your best rating and review. That's it for this episode of The Blueprint. From myself, Chica Chukudubello, and The Blueprint show producer, Sonata Lee Narsis, we want to encourage you to keep drafting your blueprint. Tune in in two weeks where we'll hear from another visionary like yourself.